Well, good morning and welcome to the November edition of our KRWC Book Club here on Radio Vermont County. And we've got a good uh, program for you as always. Each month we uh, try to talk to authors with some interesting writings. Sometimes they're from the, most of the time, Minnesota area and sometimes, like today, uh, right from the local area. We have in studio with us Dave Wright, longtime veterinarian who uh, is joining us, who has just uh, written a a book. And Dave, tell us the uh, good morning and welcome. Tell us the uh, title of your book here. Well, thank you, Tim. Uh, the the title of the book is Oh, It's You, The Extraordinary Life of a Veterinarian. And uh, it's a compilation of a number of uh, short stories and essays that I have compiled in the last uh, two and a half years. And it's actually turned into a memoir of, of sorts. And uh, I started it probably two and a half years ago just writing these short stories and these essays never really intending it to be a published work, but I got enough positive feedback from uh, friends and family that I decided to compile it into a, a book and see if I could expand the readership. Outstanding. Shelley Garvey is going to join us, and uh, we'll uh, talk back and forth here a little bit as well. And morning, Shelley. Nice to good have morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming on, uh, David. It's, it's, it's a cute book. It's got a cute little pig on the front of it and everything. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, as we mentioned uh, before we were on the air, I, uh, my sister-in-law helped find the, the picture on iStock, and we uh, decided that, that, you know, anything, uh, I, as I've been researching publishing, you want to have a cover that encourages people to open it up. So that's what I've tried to do is to, you know, find something that would encourage and cause some curiosity. So I think so. Well, before we talk about the writing, let's uh, give a, a little uh, uh, reminder about uh, your years as a veterinarian. You worked in this area for a long time. Right. I've been a practicing veterinarian for probably 40 years, and my uh, career extended beyond that, working with the uh, University of Minnesota and the Board of Animal Health. But I started out as a uh, mixed animal veterinarian down in Blooming Prairie for three years. We moved to Buffalo in 1980, bought in a partnership uh, in 1982, and uh, <clears throat> worked with them, and I pretty much did mostly large animal work, uh, that is food-producing animals and horses. And uh, I tell people I started out as a pig vet, then I became a dairy vet, then I became a horse vet, and I finished my career back as a pig vet. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle, yeah, it's All been a great right. career. Yeah, and was that your focus uh, from the very beginning, or were, did you do any small animal at, at any point at all? Yeah, I, I did some small animal uh, along the way. Or companions, I <clears throat> it's guess. It's companion they animal, right. Yep. We, we, in veterinary medicine, we call small animal large animal. Goats and pigs are small, but they're considered large animal. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, I did a lot of uh, mixed animal work in the first practice. And then when I came to Buffalo, we were also responsible for all the emergency work when we were out on after hours. So I did a lot of that. Um, periodically on Saturday mornings, I took the small animal rotation, and uh, we did that. But then I gravitated more toward the large animal, and uh, that became more of my specialty and my main interest. I was going to say, kind of very specialized type work. I mean, did you? Was there a lot of ongoing training too? Besides that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we uh, well, we're required to do continuing education every sure. year to maintain our license. But yeah, it got to the point, and and this is how veterinary medicine has evolved. And it's one of the reasons why um, I think, you know, our clients started having greater expectations. Uh, they didn't want a cow vet to come in and uh, treat their dog in the middle of the night. 
and uh, a dairy farmer wouldn't be comfortable having uh, a small animal veterinarian that had rarely pulled a calf come out to try to deliver an animal. So, yeah, yeah the specialization has continued, and the, the mixed animal practitioners are still there, but uh, the, the agricultural industry has changed, and so has the expectations of the clients uh, for both large and small. Quite the uh, working relationship and uh, that you have with with clients uh, and their, you know, I mean, this is uh, their, you know, bread and butter to use a, a term. So I mean, it's a it's a very close knit. Uh, they got to trust you, and you got to you got to hope that they trust you to do your work too. Well, absolutely, and establishing trust is really a, a critical thing. And since I've been retired, which has been uh, about three years now, uh, the part that I miss about veterinary medicine are the people, you know, because that's who we have uh, come to like and you enjoy going on to. Uh, now, <clears throat> the the situations in my book are, are generally where there are uh, some potential conflict. I mean, it's the interesting stories are the ones where you have the more difficult clients that you're working with. And a lot of the stories, uh, the characters in here are oftentimes composites of different characters, and as are the experiences, you know, the anecdotes are put together. And um, I think that helps to make a more interesting story and also telling a little bit more about what actually has happened in, the, in, a, in a career like this. So it's not, uh, uh, you know, precisely the exact way things went down, but it's uh, 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 um, a, a sketch, if you will, of, of situations that you were in. Yeah, it's not an autobiography. Uh, mm. I understand that the difference between a memoir and an autobiography is an autobiography, you better have all your uh, facts lined up and, and make sure that everything's there. I've uh, changed the names of most of my characters so that they're not terribly recognizable, but... <laughs> Uh, there are very few that I think would take offense if, you know, if yeah. they were, were used uh, firsthand. So nobody's going to recognize recognize a story and go, oh, that was me. <laughs> they might. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I, I know that there are a few who have, uh, uh, you know, that recognize them. I, I began by posting these on a blog, these stories, and... and uh, I've gotten feedback that said, oh, yeah, I remember that situation. So, yeah, there are some that are there, but I don't think they're going to be offended. Most of them are put in a, in a positive light, and uh, I, I think they'll uh, be happy about it with the way they're portrayed, even if they'd identify that. Dave Wright is our guest on the book club here today. Tell us a little bit about how, what was the very first thing? How did you set out? You said you were writing kind of just uh, as a a sidelight to start with, and, and where do you begin as you think back on your career? Well, I, I think that a, a big part of it, you're, you're absolutely right. I'm a, I'm, this is my first book, and uh, I would consider myself to be an intermediate uh, type of writer, and I, I started by taking a lot of classes online. Uh, I took some master classes and also some uh, uh, great course background writing just to encourage me to to learn how to construct a, a good sentence and a, and a well-constructed story. And um, I've taken an interest in that. You know, you always have to try to learn something new. And I've tried to do some fiction that are, uh, there are some fictional stories. Those are a little bit more challenging because you're not there in person. Whereas these personal essays or these personal stories, uh, you can remember the details a little bit more acutely because I was there. 
but to make it interesting, you always have to imperil the protagonist and put yourself in a situation that's not comfortable and then figure out how you're going to get out of it and how to turn it into something that is going to be an entertaining read. And so that's been my, my goal. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, you know, much of your, uh, whole practice was, I'm sure, based on visits to numerous clients' um, farms and uh, wherever their operations were. Was it mostly around, how far out did you go in, in from Buffalo? Well, our practice area probably covered 25-mile radius. Okay. And uh, we'd get as far away as uh, uh, Big Lake and uh, Clearwater, uh, down as far as Cocado, some of those areas. But of course, um, in, in a ambulatory practice, which is what our large animal was, you start going too far away, and you can't really serve people on the extremities of the practice and still feel good about it, you mm-hmm. know. And, of course, the most inconvenient ones that come at uh, 2 in the morning. And if you've got an hour drive one way, uh, that's difficult to maintain your enthusiasm for, sure. <laughs> for that call, even regardless yeah. of how much you want to serve it. Especially well, in the winter. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, that and the farther away you have to go, I mean, if somebody calls you in the middle of the night, it's kind of a crisis situation, and the longer it takes you to get there, the worse off the animal's going to be, uh, or, you know, the situation's going to be. Right, and, you know, it's, it's about, uh, we're in a service industry, and I think that's, uh, another thing about the book, when I, I say, oh, it's you, everybody has their favorite. And uh, I think there's at least one client out there who's, I'm their favorite. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you have your favorite uh, car mechanic, your your favorite uh, medical doctor, and if you there's somebody else then that has to be available, and that's what happens a lot of times when you're on call, uh, you know, you, you have this uh, potential conflict that's already set up. Mm. And uh, then you have to earn people's trust before you yeah. can continue. Tell us about some of the uh, different scenarios here. We don't want you to, to uh, give away the whole book, but uh, entice our listeners to uh, some of the stories that are in here that are interesting. Well, the, the, the first one is, uh, oh, it's you. And, and this is, a, a, as I mentioned before, it's a, a character. Harry Farkle is uh, the main uh, character that we've got in there. And he's a compilation of several different characters uh, and several different clients I've had in the past, as are the events that that take place. And I think that's uh, kind of an entertaining beginning, and uh, I chose that as the first one to to use. So uh, uh, A Golden Arm is the the second chapter, and that tells about uh, going through veterinary school and learning how to do rectal palpation on, uh, on cattle. And uh, this is a, you talk about bread and butter, this is what paid for my kids' education, yeah. is uh, palpating cows. And, you know, everybody is surprised that, uh, you know, you can make a living putting a sleeve on your left arm and, and reaching into the rectum and finding out all kinds of mysteries that are in there. <laughs> so, so that uh, kind of goes back uh, to, to that training. Uh, uh, the... Uh, the stories aren't always have a happy ending, and uh, Shelley, you alluded to that where uh, some of these things weren't, uh, you had difficulty reading them when you were eating. And, uh, you know, a lot of the things that, that uh, large animal veterinarians work with are, are messy. Uh, and, and so this is one of the things that uh, for an aspiring veterinarian, I think it's important that they might uh, come to know that. Uh, the, uh, 
I, t- I have a chapter when going to sleep is permanent. Uh, one of the common things that veterinarians are called upon to to do are euthanasias. And we talked about that a little before the our session. And it's a very difficult thing for uh, the client to, to manage and to have to choose. But um, I've, uh, I've gotten more thank you notes for euthanasias that are por- performed with empathy probably than I have for saving other animals, you know, their animals. Mm. Uh, just because, and, and I think a big part of it is uh, explaining to people that they shouldn't feel guilty about making this decision. Uh, because most people go into this and they think that they're letting down their animal or, or uh, you know, choosing poorly on that. And to reinforce and remind them that that's uh, something that, um, you know, it, it's important that they get reaffirmed that they made the right choice. And I think that's uh, something that's there. Uh, porcupines is uh, the only story that is not, that is written in the third person. And it's, it's a, based on a, on a conversation that I had with a classmate of mine uh, at a veterinary convention, and he's a veterinarian in uh, Wisconsin. And uh, I think you'd find that that's a, a pretty cute one. Uh, let's see. I, I'll just, uh, there are several, at the, the last several chapters involved veter- uh, travel and uh, did some mission work in some foreign countries. Uh, I spent some time in uh, the mission to Wampaserpi is a mission trip that my wife and I went to uh, in Honduras. And uh, then I spent four months in New Zealand as a locum veterinarian, which was a fascinating experience. And, and I put it in the book uh, because I think it explains or it shows to people the opportunities that can uh, come up through this career. And it's one of the uh, opportunities that I was able to take advantage of and was one of the high points of my uh, career, I think, to be able to do that. Did you have to get relicensed or for that country to be able to work in that field? That's a good question, and it varies from country to country. But in New Zealand, um, if, you had, if you graduated from a, um, uh, a school a college that that they that's on their list of acceptable colleges, and if you got uh, a letter of recommendation, I, I actually had to get a transcript, certified transcript sent to them. First time I ever had anyone look at that since I got out of school. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, it was uh, adequate, and uh, and then uh, letter of recommendation, you have to be licensed. So those are the the criteria, but not every country has that. And of course, it's it's far more difficult for for veterinarians to come into the United States from a foreign country and um, pass that certification. But yeah, I, I got the licensing uh, in that way, so it was um, very interesting. And I guess you can do the same thing in the UK. What was it like working um, in New Zealand? I mean, the cattle. I, well, they all have four legs. <laughs> I mean, but uh, how different are the breeds of cattle than they are in, in say, the United States? Well, surprisingly, I was primarily a, a dairy vet, but I did nearly all equine work mm-hmm. when I was uh, in in New Zealand, okay. and they were looking for an equine veterinarian, and I'd had you know a lot of experience that way too, but. Uh, in New Zealand, uh, the spring of the year starts in November. Matter of fact, I we had just gone there uh, in 2007 at this time of year, 
And uh, that's when the breeding season for mares is, they're seasonal breeders. So I did a lot of ultrasound work uh, at the time and uh, helping out because they, their seasonally busy time is during the spring and summer, which is our slow time. And that's one of the things that inspired me to go there. Hmm. So, but yeah, with the dairy animals, uh, nearly everything is on pasture, which was uh, quite interesting. The production was far less than what we have here, but um, uh, they might have uh, 500 animals that they'd run through uh, a, uh, uh, just going out and getting milked right out in the pasture. Mm. And they'd have a, uh, one guy and a dog. They'd shag them in there and milk them, and off they'd go. <laughs> well, that's some... Uh... So... That's some some old school uh, milking there. Yeah, and and yet they're the, uh, one of the world leaders in uh, in producing milk, hmm. and and a big part of uh, their margin is uh, lower cost. Okay. You know, they they have lower cost because you don't have many cornfields, particularly on the southern island. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so they are they're feeding mainly pasture, yeah. and that's difficult to get high production with that. All you need is a three-legged, three-legged stool and a dog to help you find it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll do it. <laughs> Dave Wright is with us. Uh, his book is "Oh, It's You: The Extraordinary Life of a Veterinarian." Uh, before we leave, Dave, uh, tell us a little bit about the. Uh, you mentioned the writing process, and when when did you decide? Okay, this is enough for a book now. And then, and what was the process in getting it into the form where we can read it? Well, it's a, that's a good question because I, uh, you know, this is a new experience for me. And I thought, well, let me uh, go through this process and understand how it worked. My wife uh, published a, self-published a book uh, that, uh, that she had using her artwork, uh, Grandma Lost Her Underpants, which is a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> Got a cute little story with it. And so I thought, well, this might be an interesting way to try to expand my readership. So I went through the process, and uh, I used KDP Publishing, which is uh, a Kindle uh, direct publishing, and uh, we use the nasty word Amazon to <laughs> to provide it. But um, it uh, it was an interesting process just to go through and and put the things together. So it's about forty thousand words. It's not a real long read, but I think you'll find it to to be quite entertaining. And uh, I've got a, a book signing at Buffalo Books. Uh, on uh, the 26th from 10 to 12. So it's there. It's also can be found, uh, Marilyn has it, at the Book Break in yes. Maple Lake. Yes, So uh, those two places, uh, the book is available, uh, particularly if you ask for it. And uh, I'd, uh, you know, enjoy having your you know, people's comments and, and uh, stop by and, and greet me. What's that like the the first time that you, you, get a, you open up a box and you actually can pick out and, and hold something that you, you spent so much time on. Well, it's fun, and, and I think uh, <clears throat> one, of the, one of the big things I've learned is how I- important it is uh, for positive reinforcement. You know, I wouldn't have done this if I had gotten a, a lot of people who had writ- read any of my previous work and said, oh, that doesn't, that's not very good. Um, and, of course, the people that probably felt that way don't comment, so, that, <laughs> so that's kind of nice. But I think it, it's also a reminder to other people, uh, to any of us, that uh, if we see some work or art or anything that we like uh, for other people, it's really important to tell them because that's so encouraging. And uh, so this is, uh, you know, it's again, it's another experiment, another new direction in life, and, and 
we're always trying to learn something new and you know, get better at something. So that's part of the deal. Any plans for more after after this? Some more writing, or, or what's going to take your time? Well, um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to continue to write. I don't know if I'll continue to uh, put another book together or anything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, again, this is a hobby for me. It's not something that right. I, I have to sit down, you know, and I know that you've had some people who are professional writers who are, this is their way of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, I haven't fortunately been put in that position to have to earn my living with this, but um, I do have uh, a lot of my other uh, pieces that are on my blog at uh, www.davewrightwrites.com. And uh, so there is a, a lot of things there. So I'm going to continue to to post things there. And uh, I just posted one uh, this uh, uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, on a little short story about uh, learning my, my first uh, attempts at learning how to uh, sail. Okay. <laughs> so I think you'd find that complete contrast to this. But. I was, was going to say, so not all veterinarian work out no, there. No, not all veterinary work, no. Well, you, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. The, the one thing that I do have to say is that even the, we've had a few uh, people who are who are our professional writers didn't start out being professional writers. They were lawyers and cooks and everything else, and they decided to write a book, and then and then they wrote another and another, and then it, it became their their gig but it they didn't start out it was it was a hobby to start out and it you know snowballed do you think that you if you were to write more they would it would be more factual stuff or would it be more of the uh fiction or creative writing or anything like that well i think when you're retired and you have some free time it spurs creativity you know you if you have a a full list of things to do every day uh you can't be as creative as you would be otherwise so I think that this is an opportunity that we have to take when uh, for those of us who are retired. And yes, I agree. And fortunately, you know, I you know, most people when they say, "Okay, I want to be a writer," their first advice is get a day job. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I've had my case. day job, and and uh, I, I like the idea of uh, of exploring fiction a little bit more. And it's really nice on those as the story evolves. That if you don't like the way it's going, you can go back and rewrite the beginning and mm-hmm. say, "Okay, I can I can fix this." <laughs> Real life, that's a little bit more difficult to For do. Sure. I was just going to ask you, do you still uh, do any work through uh, the U of M? I remember seeing you at the state fair a few times over the years. I'm still a co-chair at the uh, Miracle uh, CHS Miracle of Birth Center, and I work with things, and I think that's a, a, a great venue. Uh, I've been really an advocate for modern agriculture. And uh, the last chapter of this book uh, makes uh, some comments about modern agriculture and how it's changed because a lot of the uh, difficulties that are are presented in this book um, can still happen, but it's far less common to get into these kinds of situations just because of improved management, uh, nutrition, and uh, housing. Uh, I mean, we used to, you know, I used to walk into a lot of these little barns and almost all of them had a little pen of calves in the corner and the ventilation was poor and nearly all of those calves would would have pneumonia and in order to save their lives, you'd have to treat them with antibiotics. That just rarely, rarely happens anymore. You know, we've got better facilities and I think that's an important thing And, and one of the things that we're doing at the Miracle of Birth Center is explaining to people that uh, a little bit more about modern agriculture that I think has taken a bad rap 
uh, in the uh, you know on the social media platforms and so on. Uh, you know, to be honest, the animals that are being cared for today, even in bigger uh, farms, are in much better health and provide a much more wholesome, safe product than they did 40 years ago. Yeah, well said. Well, good luck with the book. Uh, oh, it's you, the extraordinary life of a veterinarian. Long title, but uh, short little snippets in there. And uh, available locally, Buffalo Books and the Book Break in Maple Lake. Tell us your signing again is when? Uh, it's going to be on uh, Saturday, the 26th of, uh, of November from 10 to 12. In Buffalo. In, in Buffalo. Okay. Right. Very good. Good to see you again, Dave, and uh, you, good Tim. luck on the book and a uh, very interesting chat and hope it's a success for you. Thank you for having me on. All right. Thanks for being here. There is today's Spotlight, our book club for the month of November. We'll have another interesting guest for you in December and on into the new year.